Anyway, still haven't got a proper introduction, but it's Monty Python and that. I'm Christopher, and this is the Misses. Hi, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. So, episode one, series two of Monty Python's Flying Circus, or Monty Python's Flying Circus, as it was called on this episode. Tell us about it, Fiona. Well, I enjoyed it. Good. I saw a marked change from series one. Okay. I think they have... i just do some over, overarching comments. Okay. But generally, pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's more flow for it. They've certainly done the uh, links between the sketches mm-hmm. more cleverly. Can and you give us some examples of that? So when um, you were in the, the, the Face the Press and Eric Idle was interviewing the Brown Liquid or Minister... And then it was straight over to another minister who was on the telly Mm -hmm. in the next scene. Mm. Things like that. And the cartoons used to push the main set away. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was just a bit more flow, a bit less filler. Okay. Um, And I thought it was generally pretty good. But there was obviously a classic in here. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is the Ministry for Silly Walks. Oh, okay. So that's you were from. You're familiar. I am with familiar the with that work. Well, uh, well, you know of it. Are you? Were you totally familiar with it? Are you well, know I knew it well? John Cleese doing that walk. I think I must have seen that on a sort of live show, Hollywood Bowl, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think I've seen this okay. before. But um, but yes, I do recall that. Um, and it also started with a now for something completely different, which mm-hmm. I do recall. Is that something that becomes a thing, or is that from somewhere else? Well, that has come up a couple of times. In oh, the is it already? Series. Oh, yeah. sorry. And the Bigfoot, that's not new. That's the thing, is I can't remember which of these things is new, and new or which has old. always been there. But the Bigfoot has been, in it, has been at the end of the titles in the first series. But the chicken thing hasn't. The chicken man is new, yes. chicken man is new. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you say, please said the title differently. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, they're bringing fresh blood to it. And I, I kind of think they have a bit more confidence or something like that. Well, I suppose they've had a hit series now. Yeah. But it's interesting you can see that. In, mm, in yeah, this. I think you can. Mm-hmm. Okay. So should we go through the sketches? If you wish to. Or what do you think, general terms? I, I'd written that down as well about the, the links and also the links back. Um, because uh, at one point, well, the Minister of Fisherly Walks walks past the line of gas men yes. from the Newcooker sketch. One of the people getting interviewed in the Piranha Brothers is in front of the line of gas mm. men as well, and the Minister of Fisherly Walks walks past at the end of, of the police station, the police station as well. So I think that's, it's not just the flow, but it's like yeah, it is a whole world where things are now starting to maybe think about interacting with each other yeah no i think uh i think you're right it is and it's starting to yeah there's it's also before you felt like oh i have a good character we'll just crowbar them in this scene or mm-hmm. i've i've got this one funny line or whatever whereas this feels a bit more 
developed. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, there's quite a few recurring characters in this. In well, there's at least one, which is Luigi Vercotti, um, who was the sort of spiv guy in. You've seen him before. Yes, in the in one of the earlier sketches when he was trying to run. Well, we've seen him twice. We saw him trying to con the army into a protection racket, mm-hmm. and we saw him as the manager of the man who was trying to run to Mercury. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, and also, something that you really enjoyed from very early on in the first series was the French people demonstrating La Marche Fruit Futile. Yeah, I did like them, but I didn't find this quite as funny as the um, aeroplane. The aeroplane sheep. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I think it, we didn't have enough time with them talking to each other and, mm-hmm. and being excited and stuff, and I, yeah. So, um, so yeah, you're right. They are kind of developing it a bit more. Okay. So we started with Face the Press. Face the Press. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eric Idle was introducing uh, Chapman as the minister, but referring to his dress mm-hmm. and how it was beautifully made. And then when the minister was talking, and, and also the brown liquid, which was actually just a bit of leather, so it didn't look like liquid at yeah, all. Yeah, I think that's one of these things where it's like, uh, that would be one where I would have thought, this isn't brown liquid, let's do something different. Well, there was quite a bit of, um, okay, there was a thing, it mentioned creosote. So there was a bit of discussion around the script around the brown liquid. Mm. But you would have thought maybe we could just do a quick rewrite to make it a small piece of brown leather. Yeah. Um, or find a better way of having brown yeah. liquid. Uh, yeah. But then when the minister was talking, uh, mm-hmm. Eric Idle would speak over him and talk about the dress and how it was cut to show off his lovely collarbones and things like that. Yes. I thought Chapman was really quite good when the dress was being described and he was like owning it. Uh-huh. You know? I, I especially like that yeah, when they kind of pulled back and he was posing Yeah. and then he just kind of looked at the camera and gave a sort yeah. of coquettish grin at that point. Yeah, yes. no, I thought that was pretty good. I also liked his line about I'm going to answer, if I may answer that question in two ways. Yes. Which every time that phrase comes up and it came up just last week, I'm going to answer that question in two weeks. I immediately think once in my normal voice and once in a sort of high pitched whine. Yes. Um, yeah. I think I think I was once at a lecture at university where the university lecturer remarked upon the same thing, and can you know blah blah blah. I'm going to and people may ask whatever it was, and I'm going to answer that question in two ways: once in my normal voice and once in a sort of high pitched whine. No, not really. And it was like, yeah, you've seen Monty Python. But You're trying to be cool with the kids, so it's good. it didn't land cool very well, it did didn't it? Lie. Well, it landed all right, but yeah. it, was, it was nine o'clock on a Monday morning. It wasn't yes. wasn't what we were up for, really. Anyway, moving you on. Just at nine o'clock on a Monday morning. Yeah, at first year, I think I think I think most universities try and get all the first years in nine o'clock on a Monday yeah. morning just to get them going. And also, no one else wants that slot. Well, that's true. Yes, yes. Uh, so then. And then there was the um, change where Cleese is dressed up in a dress was mm-hmm. being some something not quite politically correct. Well, he was the... very camp, but I thought that that kind of that wasn't as funny as Graham Chapman just being. Apart from the fact that he was wearing the dress, he was a minister. He was mm. being he was playing it straight. Yeah, and I didn't think I didn't think Cleese's bit was as funny, um, although it was only a sort of throwaway. Because he was, you know, um, playing up to the sort of stereotypical... Um, 
Well, there's there's quite a lot. Homosexual, I think, homosexual character. There's quite a lot in this episode that's about topical. This mm-hmm. day age, depending on when you're listening to this, folks. Um, <laughs> well, if it was topical 50 years ago and it's still topical now, it's probably going to be topical. No, I'm whenever just saying. I'm just saying the day, um, the sort of trans um, mm-hmm. homosexuals, all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> I love that. I love how careful bad? you're being. Being careful, totally being not careful, sorry, and all that sort of stuff. Sorry, but it's it. There's a few scenes in this episode that touches on that, where diversity is not being celebrated, but is being denigrated or mocked. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm not saying that Monty Python people dressing up as women is not funny. Uh-huh. Um, I particularly enjoyed Palin's Pepper Pot. Oh, the, the, ne- the next-door neighbour, April Simner. Ah, uh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and they've always done that. Yeah. But that isn't um, mocking transvestites. That's just mocking themselves, as it were. Yes, if anything, it's mocking... Whereas Clee's dressing ladies. up as a female impersonator, as they refer to them, which is a phrase I've never... It's a very dated mm-hmm, phrase. Yeah. Um, it's different. That's not him taking the mickey out of himself. But it? interestingly, what is interesting about that, I think, is that Cleese's female impersonator mm-hmm. has had far more attention paid to it and looks far better and more convincing than the average pepper pot ever does. I know, because they, you know, you didn't have facial hair and all the other things that they. Yeah, but you know, it, it, I think I think there was a bit more. I think it is a bit more sensitive towards that than the pepper pot is than than it, than it could have been, because again, they could have just thrown him in a wig, and. Oh, I see. So they're taking actually... no trouble with you know the outfit and. So they're actually honouring the female impersonators of the world by actually taking it seriously and doing what they would do to actually look female. Yes, and, and indeed, you know, none of the... I didn't think any of the joke or anything that was meant to be funny about what about that part of the episode and what Cleese was saying was about the fact that he was a female impersonator. Well, he did say that himself as part of the story. He was very, being very nice mm-hmm. to... And he knew that, how to treat a female impersonator. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I mean. Um, but that, but you know, that, that part, that line is working within the sort of. We're kind of jumped ahead here, but that line is working within the um, the language of these kind of documentary pieces about gangsters and specifically mm. about the Grey Twins. You know mm. that, that they were. Nice to their mums, yeah, and yeah. honourable, and all that sort of thing. And you know, they knew they knew how to treat people properly. Yeah, yeah they yeah. killed people, but you know that was that was business. Um, so so you know so so there's a sort of there's a frame to it that means that that that, that I think perhaps it arguably gives it a little bit more leeway. Perhaps mm. it doesn't. I don't know. And what about the gay police at the end? Oh, well, the camp police. Yeah, the camp police. And I think that, that the idea there was that really they were acting being policemen. And that, because that, because you know, he was. Oh, that, they that, were just actors. Yeah, because they were getting ready to go. They, they were, it was as if they were getting ready to go on stage. Yeah. And perform. But in fact, they were getting ready to go on the beat. 
and that that's as much of a performance as it would have been if they were in a play. Right, okay. I think that might have been satire. Why, because... That the police are not the fine, upstanding uh, members of the public, you know, uh, protectors of the public that they come across. But, uh, but that is a, but, but that is as much an act as uh, as if they were on stage. Perhaps I'm thinking too much about it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So yes. So generally, we're happy with the. I think generally, yes, there's some troublesome bits in terms of language and in terms of um, portrayal, but I don't think there's anything that's setting out to be offensive or is inadvertently hugely offensive. But then, you know, I'm not, I, it's not for me You're to not judge a man. That. Yeah, um, or a female impersonator. Well, you say that. I have my suspicions. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so now... Please is in the TV and we get on to the next scene. Yes. Um, where I did, I always like Terry Jones dressed up as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did like it when he answered the door and said, is this so and so? He says, no, I must be in the wrong house. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And then she went out the back, closed the door on him, went out the back and climbed in the window of the next door house. Yeah, I don't know why she climbed in the window of her own house. I know. But that, that was a bit strange. But it was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, the doorbell and said, "Ooh, that will be my new cooker." New cooker sketch. And that whole sketch with the delivery men mm-hmm. installation things all having paperwork and knowing the right yep. form. That is very true of that era. Oh isn't yes, it? the bureaucracy. The mm-hmm. bureaucracy that you, they weren't allowed to do stuff without the proper paperwork. Mm-hmm. It made me think of, and I don't know whether you want to discuss this, your previous employer type organisation. Did it? I think it was just because it's referring to depots. Oh, right, okay, I see. And, and what would happen? And, 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 all, the, and all the benign chat that goes on. Oh, it's not the so-and-so depot. No, no, no they, no, they don't do that no more. They yeah. take over. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of chat you had to deal with. Um, but yes, so... But went a bit silly when Terry Jones was prepared to die just to get head office over mm-hmm. to fit the thing. You can see that this is obviously being written by... I don't know who wrote this, but... Um, Clearly, somebody has had some sort of uh, frustration <laughs> with a delivery of some sort of uh, white goods, mm. um, which has led to the writing of this sketch. Yes. Yes. It was good. It was a funny sketch. And this is when the cartoon pushed the sketch out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a wee bit of cartoon. Um, mm-hmm. The aerial crowned heads of Europe. That's what it was. It was all kings and queens of... All right. Well, but the bit that was funny was when... The pilot. No. When yeah, was, the pilot went into the hole. Uh, yeah, went uh, into, shaved his face, or covered his head in cream, and then chopped up of his own head. And I, it, it was, we, it was both gig- we both giggled, because it was mm-hmm. unexpected. Yeah. So that was, that, for, for mm-hmm. a wee cartoon, cartoons aren't my favourite bit of this. I thought that was pretty good. Okay. And then they, it goes to what looks like cartoon writing of the advert mm-hmm. to flying model planes, or what it was. Um, that the pilot wanted because that pilot had just chopped his own head off. Well, I didn't get the pilot connection oh, right, obviously okay. at the time, so he was wearing a flying helmet. Okay. Uh, anyway, I hadn't connected the two, okay. and the advert got pushed up, pushed up, and then the man was coming in. The man who I described as nearly nudge nudge. Yes, nearly nudge nudge. And I almost felt like Eric Idle because he was obviously the same 
person that played him was kind of having to hold back because he was almost as yes, if he wanted to go into that nudge, but he couldn't. He, he was trying to be more subtle about yeah. it than that mm-hmm. um, because he was obviously looking for one of the adverts, which was um, a cover-up for actually um, prostitution. Prostitution, and um, and he was trying to figure out which one it was, it was. by just saying it with a suggestive voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every time I don't know, he did explain. The first one was white pussy cat, so you know that. See, so you can see where he would have, yeah. on the on the assumption that one of these adverts is going to be for uh, sex services. Yes. Then that's the and then the second one was chest drawers. Oh, chest of drawers. Oh, chest of drawers. But it was for chest of drawers. Um. Yeah. And the right one was the one that said prostitute available. Yes. Do you see what they did there? Yes. And then he didn't understand that. He didn't understand what that meant. Because he could only talk about such things in suggestions. Mm-hmm. Which is the same. Which is, it, 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 a bit like you, darling. It's the same as, well, I'll come back to that. <laughs> it was the same as Nudge Nudge. In that, you know, Nudge Nudge, at the end of the day, was not at all experienced, and that's what he was interested in. Oh, uh, right. And so it's the same sort of thing. It's like, ooh, ah, yeah, ooh, lovely, yeah. <laughs> suggestion, suggestion. What? But the actuality is like, oh, I don't know what that means. I know. That's why you should always just... As a woman, call out people like that with blatancy and fact, and then they cower in the corner. Do they? Yes. You sound like you speak from experience. I I can't think of anything, but that's my general attitude. Right. Okay. All right. Fine. But then into the news agent came John Cleese. John Cleese, which is another nice link into the silly walk. Because mm-hmm. as soon as he walked in, I was like, "Ha Here he is with this silly walk." With his silly walk. Uh, buying a paper and going. But he is good at the walk. At the walk. What a shame he, he hates be t- being, being reminded of the fact that he does Really? But then again... He made uh, money off it. He should yeah, he made money it off it. And, you know, these days, John Cleese, hmm, whatever. We're not going into that. No, we'd be wrong to go into that now. But he does look like he has abnormally long legs when he does the mm-hmm. bending and especially the sort of turny one that he does. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um... I think this is a sketch that actually is a better idea than it is a sketch. Because the sketch itself is pretty nondescript. Mm. You know, the, the sort of laughs from it beyond John Cleese's doing Silly Walks are um, that Silly Walks should be as important as health, defence, mm. education, housing. Um, that Michael Palin's character, Silly Walk, isn't very silly that it's difficult to get a proper cup of tea when it's been brought to you by somebody with a silly walk, and then an excuse to show some films of a silly walk. Mm. You know, there's, there's not really much of a there's not really much of a storyline to the sketch itself there. Yeah, but I do I did enjoy the whole kind of satire bit of there's probably loads of ministries of mm-hmm. things that they think is very important mm-hmm. that is not seen by the outside world as very important and these would all function like this with grants and we only have a certain amount of budget and mm. and we're competing against foreign countries that have achieved far more than we have mm. and we don't want to be left behind and all of this kind of stuff um no, with, that, with no one asking do we actually need a silly walk a ministry of silly walks right. so no, I thought it was I enjoyed it I didn't so, mind the lack of narrative what was your favourite silly walk John Cleese John Cleese's silly walk uh-huh. oh right which bit of the silly walk was your favourite bit? When he kind of lifted his leg up to turn around. Oh, yeah, that's good. Thing. I like that bit. I also like that it's when he sort of crosses his leg behind himself in a sort of half curtsy at one point. Yeah. I like that. 
And and of the the films of the silly walks, I like the older woman by the lake by the river. Oh, did you? I thought I thought that was a bit. There's I think not I really quite much like of an the, idea to this. the period, as in it was so more out mm. of context than anything. Else. I like Michael Palin with the big shoes. Yeah, the little grin that he did. Yeah, no, he did do that. But he looked like. Do you remember um, King Rollo? Oh yeah. He looked like that. Oh, okay, fair enough. And I liked uh, Graham Chapman with the little jumps out. He kind of oh, walked in quite normally and then kind of jumped out nah, like a penguin. That right. wasn't a walk, that was a jump. And then we went on to La Marche Futile, the Anglo-French silly walk. Um, kind of one sketch dovetailed into mm-hmm. the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did like, I, I liked Cleese taking his moustache off and, put, and giving it to Palin. Uh, Palin. Mm-hmm. And that was when he was allowed to talk, but then mm-hmm. it just kind of fell off. And yeah, but that's knows. what happened in the first game. I know, yeah. I know. Um, but yeah, I was expect. I didn't like. I was expecting more, probably because it was them, and I mm-hmm. quite like them. Mm-hmm. I was expecting more, and then when it was Terry Jones just being half French, half English, it it, it was an anticlimax for me that sketch. Okay, and then we went into Ethel the Frog. Well, this is obviously quite a long piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that they just called it Ethel the Frog with. Um, complete sincerity and it, it seemed to make sense even though it's Ethel the Frog. <laughs> um, so that was quite good. And they used the Ident before that for BBC. Yes, they did, yeah. Um, a little continuity, yes. To, uh, to cover it. Um, and, yes, yeah, so we had please explaining the programme. So are you at all familiar with the Cray Twins or any Similar a, to a real life crime type. I'm aware stories. of Grey Twins. Right. Okay. So I kind have of never seen any programs that are like this. No, right. I don't okay. think I have. But I'm kind of. I I would acknowledge, yeah, and I know the kind of thing mm-hmm. that this is trying to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought. Um, I liked Palin as the pe- Pepper Pot Woman. I said that already. Yep. I liked um, Terry Jones doing the microphone, pointing at the wrong person when they were talking to the yes. schoolmaster. I thought that was quite effective. But it was also quite good because Graham Chapman, you could tell what he was saying just by the way he looked and the way yeah. he was, and, and the sort of actions that he was doing. It was like, oh, it's pretty horrible. And what a, what a capsule of 1970 the shot of the kids outside the school I was. I know. That must have, that's kind of thing that you're like, oh... I wasn't alive in 1970, but you can imagine if they did a shot of kids hanging about outside your school when you were like 10, 11, 12 years old, they'd be like, whoa, I remember all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I liked Terry Jones as Snapper. Snapper organs. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Talking about how he he got there. Mm -hmm. Um. Do we come back to Snapper? We do later yeah, okay. on, yeah. Um, and then this is when it really got um, divulged that the, the Chapman being the best friend saying, oh, he, he, he was brilliant, never say a wrong word about him. But he did nail my head to the floor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you realise he, he had manipulated all these people to think he's wonderful and then done horrible, horrible things to them and all that. Oh, I don't think, I don't think the people genuinely thought that he was wonderful. I think they were all scared to say anything other than that they were wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's the story. And I remember watching a documentary about the craze sort of maybe 20 years ago now. Um, so can 30 years after this was made and it was almost exactly the same to the point where you were like, 
you do realise that this is, you know, you're you're doing something seriously that has had the piss totally ripped out of it 30 mm-hmm. years ago. Um, with, as it's about the crazy and, and, you know, the awful, awful things they did to folk, torture and that sort of thing. Um, and the people defending them. Okay, there was somebody who had been tortured, who was defending, just like, it's like, this guy is just like the yeah. Eric Idle character. Oh, yeah, oh, it was good enough for me. I broke the unwritten rule. What was the unwritten rule? I don't know, but he told me that was good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And then we had Cleese as the female impersonator. Mm-hmm. He has a massive forehead. <laughs> I've got something written down here. Oh yes, it was just. It, it, I don't think it didn't get. A, they didn't get a big laugh, but nor did they get a sort of any sort of uncomfortable noise. But the organisations that it was mentioned that Dinsdale was interested in the charities. Yes, boys, boys clubs. Yeah. Uh, this was pre-scandals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's almost like it was pre-scandals, but it wasn't pre-people Suspecting. You know, vaguely. Ass- well, not even more than that. I think it was kind of assuming I know. this kind of stuff go- goes on. But this is where you look at this and you just think it's so well-known, people are making jokes about it. Mm, but I don't think people did make many jokes about it in them days. Well, this is a joke. Uh-huh. And... And it's just uncomfortable that nothing else was done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we've always but said it, that. I think it's interesting though to, to see the change in times. I think it, there's a sort of parallel, if you like, with nowadays people talk about people, you know, using illegal drugs as if, you know, as if that's just something that happens. Mm. In a similar kind of way to then, people just spoke about paedophilia as being something that just sort of happened. You know, but now it's, it's similar to the sort of Victorian thing about Victorians never spoke about death. But, Isn't that true? Yeah, yeah, Victorians didn't speak about death. Um, but they did speak about, and you know, you can see this from sort of observation records and that kind of stuff, because of sociology records, that they were quite open about speaking about going to the toilet and that kind of thing. Yeah, right. Which nowadays, you know, we don't, we tend to draw a veil over that kind of thing. Mm. Um, it's interesting how things change over time. As as what's acceptable. Or, yeah. Or, or, yeah. Mm-hmm. So? Um, there was a nice line where murder is just an extroverted suicide. Yes, that was another line that I thought, oh, I don't think, I don't think, I think that would be too sensitive today to speak about that sort of, to, to well, put it in those terms. Stuff, uh, about yeah. suicide, yeah. Yeah. It's a good line. It is a good line. <laughs> Objectively, it's a good line. But, uh, yes, that was Chapman's criminology. I didn't really like that character of Chapman. I thought it was a bit a bit obvious, but it was yeah, only a few what? lines. Sorry, remind me who... What? He was a criminologist. He had glasses. Nope. Okay, it didn't... Uh... But I like Palin as the pimp. Oh, yes. This is Luigi Mercotti. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, again, the other thing of the documentary style... When they were right close up him when he was scared. What a performance. It was good, wasn't it? Was it was realistic. Mm. Yeah, he was, he seemed like he was terrified. Mm. Yeah. But also the, the sort of trying to keep a smile on, on, on his face mm-hmm. at the same time. That was really good. And then we had the gay police 
And please walking by. Well, we also had the bit where Snapper Organs kind of moved from, talked about how he tracked them from here to there and everywhere. And oh, he was yeah. in disguise. And then he and went to Burma for a couple of years. Yeah, or but, but it was when he was in disguise and you saw the pictures of him dressed as the pork butcher. Uh-huh. And, and he still had the policeman. Yeah, yeah. the policeman's hat on. <laughs> but the, the expressions that Terry Jones had in all those photographs, including when he was pretty much totally masked as Ratty from Toad of Toad Hall, were amazing. They're just a joy. Just so good. Oh, yeah. Terry Jones, so good. Yes, good. So good. Yes, then with the camp policeman, and then uh, it finished with a page ripped from our very own lives in the very past few days. The Hedgehog. The Hedgehog. Spiny Norman. Yes. We had our own very own Spiny Norman trapped in the garden. Trapped in our garden. Did you not see? I, I actually wonder. I said it, and then at the time I, I said, I said, Dunsdale. And you said, What? And I said, Nothing. And I thought, I wonder if you'll remember that. Come. I wasn't listening look, to you. I very rarely do. That's because you were too busy trying to chop that hedgehog out of the netting that it got. Well, kind of the hedgehog was you. fine, ladies and gentlemen. We took so it to Hedgehog know. Hospital and it's everything. We took it to Hedgehog Hospital and spent a long time talking to the Hedgehog Hospital person. He said the hedgehog was fine and put it back. Yeah. Once we got all the string around. Off mm-hmm. So there we go. So there we go. So what was your favourite performance in that? Who was your favourite performer in that? I think it would be Terry Jones. What did oh, he do? Really? Why? I think it's Cleese. Between the Ministry of Silly Walks and the female impersonator. Well, if it's Cleese, then it's the funny walks. Okay. But it wasn't. It was Terry Jones, wasn't it? You said Terry Jones. Well, I just liked him as the the woman with the gas cooker, and who else was he that was a good actor? He was the police. He was Harry Snapper Organs. No. Um, he was in the little bit in the Ministry of Silly Box. I think the gas woman. He did the report in the long the wrong way round. You liked that bit too. The what? He was the reporter who was pointing. The oh yeah, no, the wrong I like that too. Yeah. All right. So, um, are you happy to? Anything more to be said, then? Are you going to ask me if we're doing it again? Are we doing it again? Yes. Yes, okay. Uh, are you quite uh, pumped for Series 2, then, if it's yeah, no, a if step it, up from Series it, 1? I, it does. It's starting on a good note. Oh, okay. Well, let's hope that continues. And if there's nothing more to be said, then all that remains to be said is join us next time, when we will once more introduce the Python. Up the missus. Bye! Bye! Bye.